This uh, Zoom share on Chukas is called hitting rock bottom, <laughs> which is a double expression when a person who's addicted goes is comes to the bottom of his tolerance and his life is unmanageable and uh, insane. He's hit rock bottom and that's when he his recovery finally begins. So I've called this hitting rock bottom. <laughs> now, in Sefer Bamidbo, you know, in, in Sefer Shmos, all the stories have a happy ending, even the one of hitting the rock. But in Sefer Bamidbo, the stories always end up tragically. And it says when the children of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Tzin, wait a minute, we just finished with Pasha's Korach, and now we fast forwarded suddenly to the end of 38 years of traveling in the wilderness. What happened in the interim? They come to the wilderness of Tzin and they had no water. So we're standing at the end of the 40 years that they were cursed to remain wandering in the wilderness until that generation had died out. And that generation had died out. In fact, the only leaders left were Miriam, who died last week, and Moshe and Aaron, who will die this week. So it's suffused with a sense of tragedy. They're preparing to enter the land of Israel. And Moses commits a seemingly minor offense and finds that his and Aaron's fate is with the first generation, doomed to an unmarked grave in the wilderness. This triumphant leader of Exodus will never step foot on the soil of the promised land. What was the cause of this tragedy? What was his sin? What sin could warrant such drastic punishment? The story is simple. They had no water and they swarmed against Moshe and Aaron and they began to complain. Why did you take us out of Egypt to bring us to this horrible place? Did you bring us here to die? There's nothing here, not even water. So God says to Moshe in Numbers 27, Take Hamater. The stick, the famous staff, the magical staff with the name Yudke Vodke, which is Chakuk Al Rosh on it. Take that staff. What do you mean, take it? Well, that staff had been placed in the Ada, in the Mishkan, after it had flowered with the almonds after the Korach rebellion. Hakeleta Ada, and grab this. Congregation, Atar the Aaron Achicha, you and Aaron. And now he says something strange, because in Exodus it said, Vehika et Hatsur, you shall hit the rock. Here he says, Vedibartem Elasela, you shall speak to the rock. And that next word is Le'enehem, obviously in front of them, in front of their eyes. Venosan Meimov, so that it will give its waters. And you shall bring forth for them water from the rock. And you shall drink them and give them to drink the assembly and their animals. That's the command of, of, of God. And so Moses did what he was told. He took the mate from before God. As he had been commanded. Next thing he did, like he was told, and he gathered the, Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation, El Pene Hasela, 
Hasola, uh, before the rock. And now comes the fateful statement, which we have to unpack because he didn't then speak to the rock like he was told. He says to them, he speaks to the Ada, Bayom Elohem, Shimu no Hamorim, listen, listen now, you rebels. Hamin Shall we bring forth water for you from this rock? It's a question that he addresses um, the Ada. And instead of speaking to the rock, Vayorin Moshe et Yado, he lifted up his hand, Vayaches Asela, and he struck the rock with his, his Mateu, his, his staff, twice. So lots of water came out and they gave water to the Ada, Ube'irab, and their animals. And, and, and God says to Moses and Aaron, because you didn't believe me, believe in me, to sanctify me before the eyes of Israel. So you will not enter the land. That's the punishment. Now, Rashi says, very bothered by what kind of a question is that? Shall we bring forth water for you from this rock? <laughs> he brings this strange Targum Onchlos and Tanchuma Medrash in which they didn't recognize which rock it was. Hamin Hasela Hazer. Rashi's picking up like the Medrash on this rock. Is it this one? I don't know which one it is. Why? Because the cellar had been the miracle of the water as long as Miriam was alive. The Be'er, the well, was in the middle of that crag. When she died, it settled itself. Bain Haslam, among the other rocks, it hid itself. There was no more miracle. That's why they had no water. Until then, they had water gushing from the well. There were three miracles that occurred. One was the manna. This chus Moshe. The other one was the cloud that protected them from the heat. That was from Aram. And the well of Miriam gave them the water. So the Tanchuma is bringing that story of the cessation of water. The spigot had been turned off. And so the Tanchuma is saying, not only had it been turned off, but it had hid itself. The rock that produced the bear, that produced the water, had hid itself. So when it, Moshe and Aaron actually were asking them, we want to do what God told us to do, but we can't find a bloody rock. <laughs> and Israel was saying to them, what difference does it make to you, Seller, from which rock? So just give us rock from any seller. That's why Moses called them you morim, you rebellious ones, or in Greek, you wayward ones, or you fools, or you idiots. And why does it say, and he hit the rock twice? Now the Medrash steps in. Lo hoyo yodea ezesela. Moshe didn't know. Holcha asela v'yoshva ben asloim acherim. So, Lokach Moshe Hamate Venoga Basela. So, Moshe, Moshe is actually doing an experiment looking for the right rock. So, he goes and he hits one rock. 
Vayomer. And he says, Haminasela Notzilochem. So he kiu pamacha. So he hits it once. Notef bayim mu'utim. So a little bit of water drips out from that first rock. Shenema, a posuk in Psalm 78 that goes through the whole of the Exodus and wilderness experience. It's an amazing psalm. And it says, And so they hit the water, and the expression of coming out of the water is And water started to drip out, dribble out, like someone who has a seminal emission or an emission uh, from their genital area that makes them tame. It kind of starts dripping out. Gemara Nita tells us it doesn't take much to make you tame. A zav. Tipin. Little drops. Omrulo. So the people look at him striking a rock the first time, and they go, Ben Amram. Hello, mayim lonkish adayim this, this kind of dripping is enough for a wet nurse. It's not enough for the people, 600,000 people. What are you doing? There's not enough coming out. Miyad hikpid connectum. That's what triggered his anger, shimu no hamorim. Meaning, it's between the first and the second pamaim, the first strike and the second strike, that they triggered him by saying, what kind of a drip is this? What kind of a faucet drip, leaky faucet is this? That's not enough. Oh, the hikiu pamaim. So he, he hit it a second time by Yetzir Mayim Rabim. And so lots more came out. The shotfu connecton. And it, it just came gushing out all against all those. The, the water became an instrument of terror. Drown, not drowning, but drenching everyone who was complaining. It came out in rivulets. Same posuk in 78. So the Medrash is telling us, He didn't know which rock. So God said to him, Just, just speak to any, any rock. Give them, give them a rock. So Am Yisrael sees one rock, Omrulo, Tain Lonumayim is there. Give us from this anonymous rock. Heirim Moshe Mateu, Vinicho, Gabayasela, Vasa, Atzma, Kimidabe, Yisrael, Shinema, Aminasela. So when he's saying, in another Medrash, it says, when he is asking them, Haminasela, Hazer, he is not being nasty. He's inquiring about a bunch of rocks. And maybe they will recognize Miriam's rock, which is the magical rock. Hamina Selaze is pointing to this rock. He didn't have to hit it. The moment he pointed to it, just like God said, it started to sweat. Mazia started to perspire. And when Moshe saw that, he bia yodovahikabasela. That's when he hit the rock. He hit the rock after it was identified by them. How do I know that? From another posuk Medrash brings. And now a very dark message. Very dark. Once you hit it, what happens when he hit the Nile River? 
the first Makkah. Once he struck it, the Nile River was the shape of a serpent. It was the serpent god. Well, he hit it with a, with a stick. What happens when you hit a snake? It bleeds. <laughs> the Nile bled. Here too. Kivin Sheloka Hoti Dam. Blood came out. Azav doesn't become Tame unless she bleeds. Blood, red blood. Amazing Medrash. Very dark. Blood comes out of the rock. What are we talking about? What is going on here? Shinema Zov Damala, Posukid Vayikra. She is a Zov in her sweating blood from the genital area and becomes Tami. So, Bar Moshe Lefnek all this is happening between the Psukim. It's wonderful. The Midrashic imagination is just stunning. It fills out the gaps in the text and tries to explain our questions in the beginning. Why was he commanded to take the staff if not to hit the rock? Why did he say Aminas? It's answering these questions by filling in the gaps. So he goes back to God and says, Hasela Hazer, Eina Motse Maim Elodam. Hamin Asela Hazer Motse Dam. It's producing blood, not water. Omalai Kodesh Baruchul Asela. So God tells the rock, Hafoch Damachalamai. Now you transfer the blood to water. God tells the rock, what are you doing spitting blood? Because the Pasuk says, by your zuvu mine, like a zav. And God tells him, Shinema, agam moyim. In Betzeis Yisrael, in the Hallel, the last Pasuk, it says, Hayam ra'avayonos. Meritzi saw the bones of Joseph and it fled. And right at the end, we praise God, Hahovchi hatsur agam moyim, who transformed the sur, the rock, into a lake of water. Psalm 114. This is just beautiful in the way the Medrash brings out uh, this mythical view of this magic rock. Now, I want to present to you today, first, the Kedushas lady, Reblevi Yitzhak Reblevi Yitzhak cannot handle the fact that Klal Yisrael did anything wrong. He's always melamed schus. He's always looking for reasons to find merit with Klal Yisrael. There are mystical reasons why he does that, because Klal Yisrael represents the Shekhinah. The source of Klal Yisrael is divine itself. How could you consider anything that Klal Yisrael is doing is anything negative? So he says he's worried about the connection between God saying, the Dibaltem El Hasela Le'enehem, that you shall speak to the rock, Le'enehem, in front of Klal Yisrael. And then the curse, the punishment is Yan Lohe'emantem Bi, you didn't believe in me, Le'hakdisheni Le'enei B'nei Israel to sanctify me, to make a Kiddush Hashem, Le'enei B'nei Israel. So he's going to connect in a beautifully Midrashic way the Le'enehem, speak to the rock Le'enehem in front of them. That's the Kiddush Hashem by speaking to the rock. And the curse, because you didn't sanctify me, Le'enei B'nei Israel. Look what he does. Now he says there's a huge machlokas between Rashi and the Ramban. We know that Rashi says that Moshe's sin was hitting the rock. They were told to speak to the rock. But the Ramban says... 
I have a problem with Rashi. Why was Moshe commanded to take his mate if not to hit it? If you're going to tell him to speak to the rock, why are you giving him a, a, a bloody stick to hit it with? And in Shmos chapter 17, you told him to hit the rock. That's the problem the Ramban has with Rashi. So for the Ramban, it was Shimunohamorim. Listen, you rebels, by talking to them in that way. So there's a big machlokus between Rashi and Ramban, what the sin was. Was it the act of hitting or was it the way he spoke to Klal Yisrael? So the Kedusha Slebi says, One says, Ramban, because he spoke to them, and that's also the das of the Rambam, Ramban and the Rambam. And Rashi says, because he hit the bloody rock instead of speaking to it. Now comes along the Kedusha Slebi and says, and it, and it appears that the Tam, both their reasons are really not conflicting. Because one caused the other. So it's one big problem. And now he goes off into this tangent. There are two types of Mochiach giving Musa. Remember, in the time of the Kedushas Levi, there were wandering mochichim. They were rabbis who would go from town to town and Shabbos, village to village, giving Musa to the people. Return, do repentance. Not Rabbonim. The Talmidic Chachon stayed in the big towns in the Cloys, in the yeshivas, and they were poskim. But these wandering minstrels would go around giving reproof. And that triggered the Hasidic revolution because they were making Am Yisrael to be so broken. They made it feel worse. They were in poverty. They had no words of encouragement. So the Kedushas Levi, speaking from experience, says there are two types of Musa givers, Mashkichim. Both of them had the right motive. They both want Am Yisrael to do the divine will. Echad, the first one, Mochiach Bidvarim Tovim. The first one speaks Bidvarim Tovim with beautiful language and oratory. He talks to everyone about how exalted he is being a Yid. Reminds me of our rabbi. That his neshama comes from a high place that's craved, crafted, engraved in the throne of glory. And how much nachas ruach, how much pleasure the divine receives when every yid just ekes out a mitzvah. And how much simcha occurs in the Pamalya Shel Mala with all the angels and the upper worlds when a Yid performs a mitzvah. And through this positive reinforcing encouragement, That in itself turns the heart of stone into a heart of flesh. 
and allows Am Yisrael to do tshuva out of love. The Kabel Kol Ish Yisrael Ol Machlos Shemaim, so that everyone accepts the heaven. The Yesh Shemochir, but there's another type. Shemochir Ches Yisrael B'Devarim Kashim. He uses hard language. And shaming language. Boy, don't we know that from our childhood. You're a nothing. You're a gurnished. You'll never be anything. You'll amount to nothing. You're a B student. You'll never know how to make a laning in a block tomorrow. And that also has an effect. It forces you from the Musa to do God's will. The difference between them is the outcome. What's the outcome? Well, we're both performing the mitzvah, doing what we're supposed to do. Halachic robots, we're doing it. But the first one who encouraged us with unconditional love, he takes the neshama higher and higher. And he continues to encourage us to tell us how great we are. That Mochiach is deserving to be a Manhig, whatever he means. But I don't, it's a technical term in the Kedushas Levi. Manhig means leader, but there were leaders already. Well, maybe it's a different type of leader. Maybe it's a spiritual leader. What about the second guy? We're doing what we're supposed to do. He doesn't even come into this class of leadership. Why? Because the one that is Mochiach Yisrael Betov, Wow. Because Am Yisrael comes from that high place, then every interaction that we have at that high level of love of the divine, because we are filled with unconditional love, automatically, everything we touch is touched by the divine. We represent the divine down here in the world of Gashmias. So it's touched also and infected by that unconditional love. And it lasos me atzam harotzon shel Yisrael. It does out of its own will. What Am Yisrael wants. But the second guy who doesn't talk about how great we are, then how do you get the rest of the world to go along with the ride? You've got to force it. So when Moshe says, Shimu Nohamorim, when Moshe is telling Am Yisrael, now listen, you rebellious ones. He did it b'dvarim kashim. He's the second leader. Dazzling. He couldn't speak to the rock because he didn't bring Am Yisrael to that level of infectious love. The rock's not going to listen to him. He had to force it. He had to whack it because he had whacked them with words. And so what they're doing is out of Musa. And so they didn't infect the rock. <laughs> I never saw that before. The whacking of the ref- rock reflected a lack in his leadership, which was an unconditional love. 
God wanted him speak to the seller, meaning speak to the seller because you had spoken to Klal Yisrael with love like the first Mochiach. And what would he have said to the seller? You were only created for Am Yisrael. Remember, there were 10 items created on Friday. Right, God had finished the order of creation, all the physics 101, everything cosmology, everything fit perfectly. And now he's ready to rest on Shabbos, and it's an hour before Shabbos, and he goes, oh my gosh, I forgot the miracles that don't conform to the natural order. The mouth of the ass of Bilam, the piha be'er, the Miriam's well the rock that's supposed to produce water. This doesn't fit with physics. Let me shove it in there in that hour before Ben Hashmoshos, the most beautiful medrash. Medrash with a sense of humor, the dustbin of creation. I forgot about those. Let me shove, shove them in under the, under the carpet quickly before Shabbos comes. You were created just for Ab Yisrael for this moment in time, he should have said to the seller. Now that he had spoken to Am Yisrael with these horrible words of the Musanik, the Mashgiach, the second type, he was forced to whack it because he has to still do God's will, but he can't get the water out. Dazzling, dazzling, dazzling. Now, in opposite to this, the Ma'or Shemesh gives us a darker view, also Hasidus, and he goes into the rock episode in which there was a machloikas in philosophy between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem says, Kach et hamate, uh, take the rock, Moshe acher. So God says, from any rock. We're going to do this with any rock to show that you have the power like your sister Miriam, that the power of this nace was transferred to you. Moshe said, no, the only power I have is the manna. Because Moshe understood Kabbalah. <laughs> and he realized that every tzaddik, every human being, and we talked about this before, has the source of his spiritual nourishment, the source of his neshama, in a different, unique part of Adam Kadmon's guf, the guf, that part of the kiseyah cover that's meant just for you, the 600,000 souls of Israel that were just unique for each one, each one receiving an oath of Torah and Arsinai, each having its own letter in Torah, each having its own destiny in life. So Moshe said, Miriam's shah, her gate for that nace comes from where she's located upstairs. And so Rotso Moshe, Lahotzi Laheb Maim, Misela Acher. Moshe wanted to get it from a different rock because that wasn't, I don't want Miriam's rock. The Kolakol Omduetzil Seloshil Miriam. So the whole 600,000 are standing around in this drush. It's not like the Medrash that they didn't know where it was. It was hiding. That's a different Medrash, Tanhuma. Here, they're all standing around Miriam's rock. 
It's dried. Come over here, Moshe. That's the one that produced the, the water. Avaldas Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. Lo hoya king. Rotsahu bischuso bischus Aaron liftochlem sharchadash. Because he and Aaron had a different spiritual histalchulus connection from a different place upstairs, they wanted a different rock to open up a different gate of spirituality. And then he makes this claim. Imhoyo Yisrael maskimim in Moshe Rabbeinu. Had Am Yisrael agreed with Moshe's understanding that we have to constantly seek new gates of spirituality to open up the flow from above, he said, whatever happens in the Midbar is a foreshpice of what's happening in history. And had they only believed in Moshe that we needed a new gate, Miriam was gone, that nace is over, that flow of the divine is stopped, now I need to open up a new one for you, had they only done it, then in the future, every tzaddik in the future would be with great ease able to bring spiritual water to its generation. As we know that the shah, the gate of Mazonos to this day is open to us because of Moshe. That's what he wanted with water. Unbelievable, Norva Shemesh. Huge Chiddush. Because of that machlokus over the water, it will always be hard for the tzaddik in the future when there's a need for mayim. So now he's saying, and now the Moor Vashemesh is picking up on the word no. Ein no elo bakasha. Every time the, the, the Torah says na, Gemara says it's a pleading. Shimu na, please listen to me. Don't look at that dead rock. Come over here. Shimu na, I'm pleading with you. And therefore, he had to bring the mime from another rock. And this is what triggered the complaint. He wasn't given permission by God, again like the Kedushas Levi, to go against the will of Klal Yisrael. If the Klal Yisrael said that rock, speak to that rock. God didn't tell him which rock. God told him, go to Miriam's rock. This was Moshe's idea, looking into the future, worried about the future, Tzadikim. So he's pleading with Am Yisrael, come to my rock. That was his sin. Dazzling. That was his sin that he didn't listen to Klal Yisrael. Al Rotson Yisrael, he didn't follow the Rotson of Klal Yisrael. You know, is the president a president to lead? Or is a president a reflection 
a reflection of the spirituality and the body politic of a nation. He didn't want them to have a complaint in the future, in the future of Galut. That is Dafka. This seller that has the power, not that seller. He didn't want that complaint. So that's the, 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 the curse, the punishment. You didn't believe in me, that this rock, yes, that one, no. You didn't believe in me, meaning believe in Klal Yisrael. Uh, it doesn't matter which one. Stop with all your cheshbonus about the future. There's no magical properties to this rock versus that rock. It's just Deber el Hasela. Just speak to it and let them have mine. And I want to end up with the the Koshnitz uh, and trying to bring you this wonderful menu of different ideas that are so different from Medrash. It saved my Yiddish guide that I found in Hasidut a continuation of the creative imagination of Medrash. And so the Oyev Yisrael, the Kajnitz Magid says that Moshe represent this leader, this Rebbe. <laughs> so he's always connected, not only with one foot in this world, but his head is always up in the clouds, connected to the divine in Devekut. So when God says, what God's intention was to do what? I want you to raise Klal Yisrael to your level of spirituality. You are a connector. You're, you are the Yesod. Yesod Tzadik Olam. Yesod is that ninth meter that connects all the spheres to Malchus. Am Yisrael is Malchus. You are the Yesod. I want you to raise them up to your level. Beyond the natural order of boundaries, of physics, chemistry, biology, in order that I want you to take them out of Teva by speaking to them, giving them water. This is the Mayim of Torah. I want you to raise them up to that level of Ein Sof. That's the Bechina of Mate. Mate has what on it? The Shem Amaforosh. The ineffable name was Chakuk on the Mate. I want you to raise them to that level. To bring them close. So that they can receive the Hashpa'ah, the spiritual bounty, above all the natural world. They are connected to receive it. Kabbalistic terminology that they will be connected to the atmus, the ineffable essence, the true simplicity of the essence of the divine. And that's what he means for now he's being medayik on the words le'enehem, meaning not this cellar, not this rock, the cellar elyond. Everything down here 
is connected to upstairs. So the cellar isn't the cellar, Moshe isn't Moshe, Klal isn't Klal So the cellar represents this, this rock of eternity upstairs. I want you to speak to it. And now he comes on the Moshe Rabbeinu Olov HaShalom Legodel Tzidkoso Choshev Shezeino. He says, it's not possible. Rak Beneis Shel Yochit. This miracle of bringing the Mayim out of this cellar, meaning the cellar Elyon pouring down into the cellar Tachton and coming out, is only with the unique individuals. Only the Tzadik can do that. Everything else for the regular person come, must come through the natural order of things. And it requires a nace, a miracle outside the natural order of things. It's impossible to take every one of those 600,000 and the air of Rav and connect them to the divine. They are still far away. He saw, he looked at them. He said, you're, you're very far. I've been up there for 40 days. You're very far. Therefore, it says, Not the insides of the cellar, but facing the cellar. Because I can't get you to the inside of it. Panei, which means hitgalut, the reveal cellar, as it's manifested in nature, a rock, a hard rock, that's dome. I cannot escape natural order with you. So that you can change natural order. And he was so worried. He was worried that if he was going to take them and they weren't ready, there'd be a big chilol Hashem. That's what it means. He lifted up the mate, which had God's name on it. What's the Pamayim? Now listen to him. It's beautiful. What's twice, unlike the Kedusha's Levi and the Pamayim of the Morba Shemis, the Heisir Hashnei He ripped apart Pamayim, the outer cellar and the inner cellar. And he had to hit it to do that. And that was the sin of Moshe Rabbeinu. Yan lo haimanti lahakti sheni le'enei b'nei Yisrael. You didn't sanctify me le'enei. P'nei. Le'enei, meaning sh'kodosh bochur rotsu sh'moshe ba'atzmo yifol lehem zeh al diburu lovad. I want you to speak to them, to connect them to the inner cellar. I want you to speak to the seller to access this divine seller. So that you will then influx them with that divinity. You didn't sanctify. Because then I would have been sanctified, meaning I would have been connected to every yid through that divacus. Because they would have seen Malas Chashivas, his friend. Umimeno Yiro, the Kain Kiyasu Knesset. Ahoy Lochim Musa Godel Atzmom. 
And they would have learned from this the biggest thing. Shekol ish Yisrael yekadosh esatzmo liyos kol motzos aper be'emes be'mimkor that every yid can access the divide at its essence. But he didn't do that. And so God says, you didn't sanctify me. And now where will every yid have access to the divine? Only the tzaddikim. It's a dark one, but it's absolutely stunning in the sense that this was a machloikas in perception about dveikas. So I've given you a panoply of three rebbers that took that medrash and ran with it as to the spirituality of the rock, the hammer on the rock. How do we turn the rock of our own hearts into into something of flesh, of softness? And the biggest thing I learned from this was our teachers and the way we teach our children has to be with unconditional love. That's the lesson of rock bottom, as I called it soon.